You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Welcome to episode 26 of Untapped Keg. I'm RJ Zimmerman here with my brother-in-law, Monte Ball. How are you doing, guy? What's up, man? I don't know. You know, I woke up a little, you know, I woke up a little sluggish today, but I'm feeling good now. Um, alive and well. Allergies are kicking my butt, I'll tell you that. How about you? I think allergies are kicking everybody's butt right now. Right? Everybody I talk to that has them is like, my allergies are worse than they've been all year long. Gosh, it's been... And I feel that same way. It's been bad, man. I, I just... I hate it. My eyes are itchy. Nose is runny. And all that stuff. And yeah, I clearly can tell it's my allergies because yeah, my eyes are just super itchy. Um, but but yeah, man, it's uh, good to be back. Um, how, how have you been, man? Did you uh, able to catch up on some sleep, man? Since, you know, your excursion... To Iowa? I see my wife has got you calling it an excursion. Is that what she calls it too? <laughs> no, she uh, oh. she calls it a vacation. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a getaway. Vacation from the kids? <laughs> yeah. So, no. I have not been able to catch up on any sleep. Um, yeah, that's just going to be my life. It is what it is till eventually they decide. Yeah. <laughs> They decide that they're going to sleep, but, uh, yeah, just the life of a parent, you know how it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as, as long as if you have that mindset, you, you should be fine. Sleep just is... coffee and <laughs> hopefully it's decent tasting coffee and you don't just settle for, you know, the sludge that <laughs> some people settle for. At least there's something to look forward to in the mornings. <laughs> That's true. I mean that's true, but yeah, I, I was thinking about that. I was like, man, I hope he, I hope he was able to catch up on some sleep. Just obviously from our last recording, you shared with everybody obviously what you were doing, how long you were there, how just demanding it was, uh, you know, mentally and physically. Um, so I mean, it's just good, to, good to be back, good to hear from you and all that stuff. So, so something I want to kind of get into, man. Um, yeah, we're gonna start it a little bit different here. Yeah, yeah, here in Untapped Keg, I feel like, uh, you know, the goal of this is to provide a healthy outlet, obviously, for everybody, uh, um, obviously, a healthy outlet for ourselves, and talk about being sober, sobriety, all that stuff. So, I kind of wanted to do something different here and kind of share some resources um, with those listening in, just because, you know, here at Untapped Keg, we we know that times are tough right now, just for, for everybody, things are different. We're living in a time of, of of a pandemic, of course. Things are not fully open. Things are shutting down. Local businesses are shutting down, unfortunately. So it's just tough times for everybody mentally. Um, so for those who may have started their journey, you know, we kind of want to provide you, and also those who are in long-term recovery, provide you maybe with some with some outlets that you maybe aren't familiar with. So I can go ahead and, and kind of get to it. I, uh, you know, I'm very open about about my journey. I, uh, I have my therapy sessions are every Friday morning. Um, 
<clears throat> virtually, of course, uh, which I actually love uh, because you can just attend them whenever, wherever, um, it by being virtual. So obviously, for those who may be, um, you know, having one-on-one sessions, or maybe are thinking about having one-on-one sessions with a the therapist, you know, it's virtual. So that's just an awesome thing that I really like. And then we also have virtual AA meetings here in Madison. Um, I mean, it's just a simple Google search and you'll be able to find a ton, a ton. I mean, you have the Monona Serenity Group, which I heard is actually a really, really good one. You got uh, NAMI, N-A-M-I, which is obviously a huge, huge network here in Madison, which they have a ton of uh, support groups, meetings, which obviously are all virtual. Um, and for those who are not familiar with NAMI, it's pretty much the Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, what it actually stands for is, um, let me actually pull that up. I most definitely should know. <clears throat> but NAMI stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. That's correct, here in Dane County. So that's really the biggest one I wanted to share here. I didn't want to get too long-winded and just throw a bunch at you guys. But check out NAMI, again, N-A-M-I, Dane County. And you will be able to find a plethora of resources where you can tap in virtually and you can kind of, you know, create your own schedule if you want. Maybe do one a week, maybe do two a week, maybe do two a day. You know what I'm saying? It's just something that you can kind of just tap into when um, things are tough. Um, But also, if you just want to continue your journey, you, you know, you don't have to tap in if things are tough. You just tap in just to continue to to create your, um, you know, your environment, uh, of sober individuals. So that's just something that I like to do. Um, a lot of resources I like to check into. Um, and again, um, I'm most definitely one who, who needs all this one who appreciates it all. So I kind of just wanted to kind of start the podcast with that. Um, cause we care about you guys. And if you guys need more resources, please reach out to us. Send us a message, uh, messages. Um, and, and I can provide you with more, but Check out NAMI again, N-A-M-I, Dane County Resources, and and kind of just check it out. Play around with the site and see uh, see what you're interested in. So that's that. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, that's really cool. That's something that, you know, we've, with everything that's been going on in the world since we started this podcast, it kind of derailed the format and how we were going to kind of do this. You know, we right. probably the first... 10 episodes we were pretty good about talking about uh, our experiences and being mm-hmm. sober and stuff and then uh, you know life just kind of <laughs> took us and led us down another direction and now we're starting to come back to you know the original message that we wanted in this podcast and that's to help people because yes. you know we want people to know that they're not alone Absolutely. a lot of people want to start this and they just don't know how and you know some the first step is just just taking a day oh you know a day figuring out what you want and then one positive to come out of the world right now is all these virtual meetings things that people would have never thought possible being virtual are virtual now and they do help so you know we still we still crave that person to person contact mm-hmm. um 
But, you know, one positive with these virtual meetings is you know that the snacks are going to be to your liking, right? <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> very true. It's very true. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. That's, that's awesome. I'm glad you had that idea and I'm glad you did that. Yeah, man. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you made a good point too. Yeah. Just, we appreciate you guys being patient with us. And then and it's just, it's just, you know, two guys just shooting, uh, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and then we're just here just having some fun and may have strayed away from it a little bit, but we're back on it. Um, but I think it's good. It's good to provide everyone with resources because, uh, you know, I have bad days as well. Um, I have more good days than bad days, of course, but it's just something that I got to continuously remind myself of, obviously you as well, RJ. And so if you guys have any ideas of many, maybe other resources that you want us to mention or talk about or dive into, please let us know and we will do that. Or Um, guess like from these groups or something that you want to have on, like, you know, we've been talking about having guests on and uh, we're getting closer and closer. So Mm -hmm. Um, I think next time, you know, we eventually will have my wife on again and we'll talk more about mental health and her profession instead of just like hers and mine relationship and mm-hmm. me getting sober kind of a thing. So yeah, this, this is a, you know, a great stepping stone. I think that, it is. uh, you're providing too. So, yeah. So awesome. And so I kind of wanted to, uh, yeah, leave it at that. Again, I'm going to just leave this part out, uh, step out of the way from this, just, just to say it again one more time, just NAMI again, N-A-M-I, National Alliance on Mental Illness. And it's Dane County Resources. It's an awesome site. Please check it out and uh, let us know what you think. Um, But yeah, so man, what's the heck has been going on, man? I know you've been, you've been, uh, tagging me in a bunch of stuff on Twitter for, about baseball. Um, you know, obviously per our conversation about infield versus the outfield, which position may be tougher or the toughest. Uh, <laughs> I never, I don't know. I don't know if there's one that's tougher or toughest, True. but True. I would say it's like saying uh, wide receiver is easy in football because you get all this field to work with. Right. Mm, Right. So that's basically what you drilled it down to. I, it's all about, you know, you have these people that just innately get um, strategies and how to do things and you don't necessarily have to teach them a lot because there's just, it makes sense to them. But then you have people that they have to play a position a long time to, figure out the nuances on how to do everything. So, mm-hmm. right. Uh, right. I, I really enjoy seeing infield highlights, but I also, you know, one of my favorite obviously is seeing outfield, these great catches like uh Luis Robert his catch in center field last night was pretty, that was pretty amazing. I mean, it was the line drive. He had four seconds to get almost 90 feet and he made a diving catch. And, because he's so fluid and um, he had a really good jump on the ball, he right. made the catch look easier than it really was. It was like a 15% chance catch par- 15% chance catch probability. I mean, that is impressive. I mean, it's as and the more I think about it is 
you know, I obviously played softball with you and all that stuff, and we were playing outfield. And and, and as we all know, a softball is way bigger than a baseball, um, so it has less movement in the air. Um, but it's to me, it still seemed like it had a lot of movement in the air. So I've never been under or at least had a baseball coming at me at those speeds, which we know it's moving because of the wind and all that stuff and then be able to make a play on it. So I can't even imagine, um, you know, standing out there in the outfield and, you know, watching the ball come off the bat and the ball is about a hundred feet in the air. <laughs> so I, I mean, that, that, that's, that's kind of impressive. So I remember when I, I don't want to say I didn't have respect for the game of baseball because I, I respect all sports. You did not respect I, baseball. I I wouldn't say I didn't have respect. I you had no respect for the sport of baseball. <laughs> I understand that being an athlete, I understand that there's 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 everyone works on their craft. There there is an art to every sport, every position. There is there's blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, I get that. Um, I guess when I was younger, it just seemed like it was easy, the game of baseball, when I would watch it and stuff. But now being older and understanding how it is, maybe playing because I played some softball with you, now I understand um, how much work goes into, how much hand-eye coordination is required for that sport. It's, it's impressive. It really is. I guess that's just what I'm saying. It is, it's, it's, it's very impressive. There's a lot of techniques involved that I think people take for granted. I mean, just running the bases. You don't run straight at the base because that's inefficient. It doesn't, you know, it takes your movement away. It takes momentum away if you just run straight at a base and then you try to turn. (laughs) Uh, I remember playing baseball. uh, We had a really good Legion team in summer and uh, everybody was gone. I can't remember what was going on, but there was some some event that pulled like everybody away. So we had to find players to sub and we had this really good athlete. He was a really good track athlete and a really good football player. And, uh, he, he was going to play with us and we were playing against the best team in the league. Uh, other than us, like we were battling it out all year and he's running to first base. He hits, it should have been a guaranteed double. He's running to first base. He runs straight through first base, and then he turns, and he gets, like, all the way to the outfield to turn, <laughs> to go to second. And I, I'm pretty sure he was safe, but it was way closer than it should have been. He should have been standing up. But, like, yeah, there's just there's <laughs> a lot. You get down to sliding. You get down to, you know, I've seen, I think, five people break their legs because they're not sliding correctly. Like, you know, break their ankles or the legs. Um, it shouldn't be that dangerous, but uh, people take for granted how to slide. Like, you know, and yeah, it's just uh, if when in doubt, don't slide into the base, slide next to the base and reach <laughs> out with your hand and touch. Like, that's a lot safer. Um, I, I would probably be one of those people to break my leg. I'm not even going to lie. I, I, <sighs> yeah. The one that still haunts me is uh, my sister's team in grade school. Uh, you know, a girl reach, reached out instead of sliding. She just kind of like lunged at the base. And the sound still echoes in my head. It Ugh. sounded like the ball hit her 
the batter helmet. So we thought she got hit in the helmet and then you uh-huh. get out there and yeah, she broke both her tibia and fibia. Like, and that's what we heard. Are you serious? Yep. Oh yep. my gosh. This is so, that's very unfortunate. And that's, uh, that just goes to show you, man. I mean, it's, it's, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, watching the game of baseball, it's, they're just so good at it. They've been working on their craft for so long. It makes it look easy. I guess it's the same for golf. Watching yep, golf, absolutely. it's like, oh, wow, they just, you know, he just crushed it and, you know, landed about 90 feet away from the hole. I mean, it seems pretty easy until you play golf and you're like, then you have a much greater appreciation for the pros. Like, geez, they make it look easy. Um, so I have a lot more appreciation for the game of baseball. Um, not the Brewers, of course. Still, still a Cardinals fan. But if you're a Cardinals fan, how'd they do last night? Uh, I actually didn't get a chance to watch the game. I didn't. Oh, I didn't. I'm not talking about watching. I'm talking about checking the scores, though. <laughs> what was it? I actually didn't even check the score. Nothing. As soon as uh, you know, I was hanging out with you uh, and you know your family, of course, and. And went to sleep right after. But so what was it? I mean, I'm looking at the records right now. I know that we're we're ahead of you guys. But uh what was... how many games did you have yesterday? Do you know that? How many games? Yeah. Nope. No idea. No idea. Baseball is a sport where I, you know, I kind of They I, had a doubleheader yesterday. Oh, nice. And they won both games. Nice. Baseball is kind of a game where I I I I'll check in when I can check in. I just it's taking me time to, you know, slowly but surely, but just so many games. It's like, gosh, oh, wait, they're playing right now. Oh, wait, they're playing again. Oh, wait, they're it's 11 a.m. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, I mean, we're 16 and 15. You guys are 18 and 20. So, I mean, as long as we're ahead of the Brewers. Yeah, there's a lot of games to make up in there, though. <laughs> a lot of games. But I kind of, you know, that's baseball, man. I feel like basketball is where it's, it's, it's where the noise is at right now. And me being from Missouri, really don't have a favorite basketball team. So I kind of, kind of, be kind of becoming a Bucks fan, obviously, just from living up here in Wisconsin. Um, what the heck's going on with the Bucks, man? What, what's 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 happening? What is I going don't, on? I don't know. I I don't even know where to start. I just. What the heck is happening? I mean, they started so strong, and now what? They're down three games. I don't think. I don't think the layoff hurt a team more than it hurt the Bucks, and mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, if it's their shooting, their um, mentality, their mental mental health, like because defensively they were just incredible during the regular season. I didn't realize how good they were on defense and they just, the effort's not there on defense. And I, I don't know if it's a lack of communication, if they lost their communication. Um, I remember the last game I watched their shooting was very poor, very poor. It's almost like they need to just have one more pass or maybe two more passes before they take a shot. Yeah. You know, yeah, like they're, that's, they're that's a lot of bus games that I watch though. I feel that way. Yeah. They're, they're, um, they're putting the ball up too soon. And it's like, just, just one more pass, maybe two more passes, swing it a little more and, and get an open, get an open shot. Uh, but they, they should not be down three games to the heat. 
Well, not. and then come to find out that Giannis has hurt a little bit more than what uh, we thought. But yeah. still, like the way that their team was playing, like they should be able to survive that. And um, yeah, I mean, because who's not here? One thing that was different this year with Chris Middleton was like he took charge. He wasn't as passive as he was in years past. Mm-hmm. And now in the playoffs, it feels like he's or maybe it's the bubble. I didn't really watch too many games in the bubble, but like he's been more passive than he was um, during the regular season. They really needed him to, like when Giannis is out, be the main guy, be the guy. Don't just be a guy, be the guy. So I got you. Yeah. So he's, so what you're saying, it seems like he's playing a little passive right now. It's like you aren't down three games to nothing because of one player. Like it's the whole team. Feels like Covington's like pressing too much and taking bad shots and like uh, just nobody, nobody has been that guy to. We need a big shot, get, you know, get them run a play to them. Nobody can hit anything. They got outscored forty to thirteen in the fourth quarter of the last game, yes, like yeah. a must-win game, and they were leading all game, and they looked like they were in control. And then fourth quarter, forty to thirteen, they get outscored. One quarter. Jeez. <sighs> Jeez. I'm not frustrated. This <laughs> never happens to Wisconsin sports. You know, you never get to the precipice with a really good team and then just fade. I mean, it just I doesn't you, happen. I mean, I tell you what. I mean, it seems like Jimmy Butler is causing y'all some problems. Once again, it's not like one guy that is yeah. like against the Raptors last year. It wasn't just Kawhi. Like true you know it was more van vliet than it was Kawhi. like i can see that i can see yeah that. Uh, yeah i can see that i mean i just you just trying to figure it out because obviously going into the bubble or when the season was put on hold or something i mean the bucks were on fire literally on fire um yeah obviously the bucks and the lakers at the top and now it's it, both of them are struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say it. Now it seems like they just—I mean—they were on a streak and putting the putting putting the season on hold for a bit, kind of put out their fire. Um, yeah, it seems like they needed. You know, I wasn't too worried when the bubble started back up, and they weren't playing very well because it's like, well, you know, they're they go ten deep, like. In most games, they have a ro- most teams have a rotation of eight. You know, good teams have a rotation of nine. Like the Bucks were rotating ten guys in most games. Like, you know, they were ready mm-hmm. to go, and they had a very deep team of a lot of co- different contributors. And so it's like, okay, you got to rotate all these guys in. You got to get them ready for the playoffs. They're not really playing for the seeding right now. They're playing for in a little bit. And then they came out and lost that first game in the playoffs, and it was like. Okay, is this gonna actually lead to, uh, um, you know, kind of go into the playoffs a little bit further? But then they just shut the door like right away. Then you get the Heat, and the Heat have been on fire since the bubble started. And yeah, this is uh, I I just don't know if they don't have any answers. I just it's it's kind of befuddling. Well, I mean, uh, as we all know where they're at now, down three, they it, it's it's put up or shut up time. They, they got one more game. Well, 
Well, it ain't, it's never happened. So hopefully they have more games after their next game. Um, put up or shut up. That's where that's that's where it is. And I feel like Giannis is going to show up. I mean, I mean, yeah. Again, it's not just one player that wins a game, but his momentum helps <laughs> big time. Um, so hopefully, he brings that that mean mugging look <laughs> that he has and comes and puts up forty. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, now it would be fantastic to see if they could do something here. But you but never they, know. They got no choice. Put up or shut up. Stay in the bubble or leave the bubble. That's where they're at right now, and that's I'm most definitely. I will be tuning in to that game for sure. Um, it's funny, man. As we're sitting here, I got an alert. Um, well, not necessarily alert. It's kind of just checking something out and a uh, little transition here from basketball to football. Um, you know, I just found a list of Badgers. I, 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 you know, the NFL had to cut down to 53, 53-man roster. And I, I hate this time of the year because it's like, you know, players are being publicly fired, um, which is unfortunate. And so I am right now looking at the list of Badgers who were released from NFL rosters this week. And um, I can most definitely go through this list if you want. It's not too long. It's about nine names. Sure. But um, Troy Fumagalli, Denver got rid of him. Really? Um, yeah, they did, which is – Oh, wow. I told you, man. John Elway, man, and, and I'm not just saying this because he got rid of me fast, but, man, he just – he gets rid of people pretty quick, man. <laughs> He gets rid of people fast. And it's like, oh, I mean, I, I think that my honest opinion, I think it was too soon to get rid of Fumagalli. I mean, I know they got Noah Fant there, um, but I feel like Noah Fant's a good receiver tight end, if you know what I mean. Troy Fumagalli, I think, is a really good tight end to seal that edge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got a little bit more meat on the bone. So he can he's he's more of like that blocking tight end, which yeah he can still catch, but you know he doesn't have the speed as as Noah Fam. So we got Troy from Magali, Denver. We got Ryan Groy, Chargers. We got rid of Groy. Nick Nelson. Um, what? Wow. What is what is LAS? Um. What is that? LAS? Yeah, is that a typo? That mu- they must have meant. It says LAS. Is that the Rams or Chargers? That's got to be the Raiders, right? I think Nick Nelson went to the Raiders, right? Mm, I thought no. he was cut. Oh yeah, LAS could be Las Vegas, I guess. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's that's weird looking LAS. So Nick Nelson, Ryan Connolly, the Giants, Bo. Ben Ben Shoel, Detroit Olives. Oh man, they got rid of uh, Olive Sagapolo, Detroit. Chris Orr, Panthers. I think it's Olive. Ah, uh, yep, Olive. Chris Orr, the Panthers. I got rid of him. Unfortunately, Dakota Dixon, Buccaneers, and Dare. Buccaneers got yeah, rid of Dare. That that hurt me a little bit. Yeah, man, Dare. I root for Dare. Yeah, he's a solid player. Like a. At least a solid. If he's not getting enough PT playing time on on offense, I mean, you know dang well he's a good special teams player. 
and he he worked himself like into roles too he wasn't just you know that's what i'm saying yeah if they had been them yeah i I, they had me playing um you know i was right or no i was left wing on punts pump protection the left wing you know you just take a couple steps back block the edge and take off and cover the cover the punt I know dang well Dare is probably better at that position than I am. So it's just – goes to show you, man, it's a business. So it's unfortunate, man, but our Badgers are tough. They'll they'll rally and they'll be picked up for sure. Uh, but I kind of just wanted to mention that. I just scrolled by and I kind of just wanted to check that out uh, and kind of mention that. But it's the world of football, man. We start next Thursday, huh? Yeah, how's your fantasy team? You feeling uh, any better about that? I mean, I you're kinda, feeling good, but that's because you're ignorant. I, I, <laughs> I kind of am. So I made a little twi- a switch to my lineup yesterday, actually. I moved. Um, Terrible move. Why would you do that? <laughs> I moved. So let me go through it again just real fast. I got Russell Wilson, Saquon Barkley, James Conner, Mike Evans. I got also John Brown. So I moved John Brown. So in John Brown's position was Sammy Watkins. John Brown was on the bench. John Brown receiver for the uh, Bills. Switched him out. Sammy Watkins had put John Brown there. Travis Kelsey, of course. I got James White flex. I got Mike Gallup, receiver for the uh, Cowboys. And this this is what I'm a little nervous about, the Buccaneers defense. So, I don't know. Why would you draft the Buccaneers defense, and why would you draft them <laughs> three rounds before the end of the draft? This is only my second draft, man. I don't understand all the, you know, the. I told the, you the code. I um, told draft. you. <laughs> my goodness. So, but who knows? I'm, I think I'm still going to win, though. I mean, it's, it's going to be rough. I'm going to have to live on the waivers, but I think it's going to be. I'm going. I'm going to pull it out. I'm going to pull this one out and come out on top. But we got the season starting next next Thursday. I mean. That's something to look forward to. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited, huh? Yeah, I can't believe it's starting already. Like, it just kind of crept up on us. I guess I just have been so resigned to the fact that something's going to happen. They're going to have to postpone something. But players right. have uh, done a good job of respecting how, I guess, uh, to not socially distance and not catch it, and like respecting the guidelines. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, we were talking um, about all the players that opted out yesterday and, uh, mm. you know, I kind of even forgot right. about it, to be honest. It's just. Let's let's talk yeah. about that conversation. Let's talk about that conversation. I mean, I think it was a good one. Uh, so I kind of started it off with just by saying, um, I think it started out with me saying the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are going to win again, win it all again. And you obviously said, well, the Patriots got something to say about that, which is a fair fair statement. Um, then I mentioned how, okay, okay, let's just break it down. AFC West, I'm not too confident in my Broncos. I, I love my Broncos, but I but mean, should I, you though? I mean, I do love my Broncos, but I'm not really confident. I'm not I'm not sold yet on Drew Locke. I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'll say that. Uh, loud and proud, and and hopefully I'll have to eat those words come season time because uh, I'll be looking forward to eating those words. AFC West is kind of weak. 
the Chiefs, not obviously not talking about the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are going to just dominate, obviously come out on top of the AFC West and most likely meet up with the Patriots in the championship. I can see that. I can see the Patriots still sneaking out of their conference. <clears throat> their, 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 excuse me, their division. Um, but now mentioning what you just said, all those players on defense, I, th- I think it was just one side of the ball, correct? Yep. Um, they might have had an offensive lineman, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, we had – so the Patriots had a bunch of players opt out. I mean, Chung, correct? Patrick Chung? Yeah. I mean, he, he's their vet. He's the guy that makes that defense go. Him and uh, – well, actually, that their DB, their other DB is, is dang good. He's rated 99 overall on Madden, forgetting his name. But but all in all, they had Gilmore? a bunch of, Yes. Yeah. Yep. But they had a bunch of players opt out. So I'm not sold on those Patriots. I think the the Chiefs, man, the Chiefs are just, I mean, that's one team that can score. You know, everyone says that, you know, this is an offense that can score in one play. No, the Chiefs offense is a offense that can score from one play on any play and can take it 99 yards. So it's like, I got my money on the Chiefs. But who knows? That's the beauty about the sport. Beauty about the sport. Your Packers, though, huh? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll give you time I, to, to. I haven't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm not looking forward to this first game. I just don't. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what kind of team they're going to be. Obviously, you know they made one. Um, move to get Aaron Rodgers some weapons. Uh, they basically are going to be running twelve package for most of. <laughs> they'll probably be like a sixty percent, uh, twelve personnel team. Like twelve personnel. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I think they want to be. But in my right. opinion, where when they're best, at least last year, was when they had. Jones and Williams on the field at the same time because now you had two running backs that are both really good pass catchers, mm-hmm. both good pass protectors, and are both good runners. So what's that twenty one package? What is that? Probably. I think it's twenty one. I think. Well, what is it? So they it would have been those two and then three wide receivers. Oh, gosh, it's been a while since. Because I, I feel like that was a lot of their big plays was uh, that happened then. But they didn't run it a lot, especially in the second half of the season. I don't know what it was, but if they saw that maybe maybe they left themselves open for bad things that happened that nobody took advantage of yet. But it just, to me, it feels like why wouldn't you want your best playmakers on the field at the same time? Right. Jones might have been beat up, undisclosed. You know what I mean? Well, but they still use them out of single, right? True. Right. So, and I know, you know, Williams did, well, that, that was pretty early in the season, that cheap shot where that yeah. guy should have got suspended and he never did. I don't understand how that's not not a suspension. Like, should have been because, I mean, Williams was being that was held ridiculous. up. And he just teed off on him helmet to helmet. Yeah. That, and, that is, uh, I mean, he, I'm sure he got the $25,000 fine. Yeah. I'm, but you know what? I don't even remember if he got that. Unreal, but yeah, it was that was I was so mad when that happened. 
Williams is going to well, be obviously a player. Right. But you know they got that new running back who, honestly, at least getting off the bus, you know he look he looks like he could be something. I haven't seen, I haven't watched anything like to be honest, like I usually do. I'm usually following, mm-hmm. finding like a player to get behind. Um, the cuts there was only one real surprise, and that was when they let go of Jake Kumro. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver. They kept a, um, you know, an undrafted free agent who last year made the stayed on their practice team from Tampa Bay. Malik Turner made the team over uh, Kumro, which it feels like they were, you know, grooming Kumro too. And Kumro, every time he got a chance, it seemed like he made a play. But I don't know. I felt like he had opportunities to take advantage of situations too, and he didn't quite make the most of them. So, so eat true. Let's back up for a second. So you're talking about the running back. We're, we're, we're speaking about AJ Dillon, correct? That's your yep. information. Correct. So I, I I'm, I'm impressed with AJ Dillon. I think I think that's a good pick for. I think that's a really good pick for the Packers actually because so I think he's going to be a dang good complement to that backfield, but. Mainly a, a really good compliment to uh, to uh, Rogers, of course. Um, we're talking about AJ Dillon. This guy played at Boston College, uh, and right now I'm actually looking at his measurements, dude. And uh, um, straight line speed, yeah. I mean, you rarely run straight line speed on the field, but it's still impressive. He's six foot tall. He's 247 pounds, and he ran a four five three at the combine. And have you seen pictures of him? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's 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 pretty. That's not a that's not a Jerome Bettis two forty. That's <laughs> like, dude, this dude is shredded. It's like a Derrick Henry. <laughs> yes. And yeah. Derrick, the thing is, Derrick Henry's tall too. Right. So, yeah, but this this dude, like I said, getting off the bus, he's one of the first ones that you want off the bus. Right. Intimidation. I mean, I'm I'm impressed by that pick. I like. I, I think the Packers had a pretty bad draft overall, but a poor one, I want to say. I think, but I think Dylan was a, a steal. I really do. Go, going back to it, I think the Packers, the only reason you look at their draft and you're like, what were they doing is because they did not draft a wide receiver. Like exactly. the one yeah. position where you really needed help and it was the best wide receiver draft, at least as far as prospects go, who knows how they'll turn out. But – like it was the best wide receiver draft in over a decade, mm. and you didn't take a single one. So I would be pretty. I would feel pretty disrespected if I was Aaron Rodgers because what does that say? That says yes. That says it's not the receivers. It's you, Aaron Rodgers, because well, they, they took a quarterback. So it could say it could say one of two things. <laughs> it could say that it could say, you know, we're happy with what our receivers are doing. We just need to maybe. Plan for be on time with throws and stuff. One thing that I think that all of us t- take for granted is it was Aaron Rodgers' first year in a new system in like ten years. Like, yeah, he hasn't had to adjust to a new system. So he, you know, all of his uh, bad habits. That's going to take more than just like two months to get rid of bad habits. And one of his right. bad habits is trying to hold on to the ball because the first option is never there in Mike McCarthy's system or at least the old system so now you have this new system and it's, it's about timing and there were times where you know it was on time and everything it's gonna take like a year to get used to it so now we'll really see what this system can do it's no longer 
hey, Aaron, just go out there and make something happen, man. Show me, show me what you can do. We, we know you got it. It's an actual it's, system. It's actually, now it's a system. Yes, like we're trying to get the ball here. And it's not. And what their old system was was, uh, you know, basically it was all option routes. So yep. Rodgers and the receivers had to be on the exact same page every single time based on what the defender's doing to find the open spot. So when Rodgers would like throw it and the receiver wasn't there, it's because Rodgers saw the DP, the DB kind of coming towards the receiver and shading to the inside. So he expected them to cut it upfield, and the wide receiver saw the DB maybe backpedaling one more so they were going to cut it a little bit short and it wasn't at the exact same time like there's a lot of room for error there there is special a lot of wide receivers on the same page right that's why it was so great when you had nelson adams cobb and jones like and jennings i mean that's why it worked like those were the the group of receivers there grew up with rogers and everybody understood the system like to a t Exactly. I mean, that just goes to show you how much they, how much time they put into, you know, you know, routes with the receivers, which is a segment, at least that we did, of course, at Denver, which I assume they probably did at the Packers as well, where it's just the quarterback and the receivers for a yeah. period or maybe two periods. And they're just talking and they're just talking about their option routes and mainly talking about like, okay, if this, if this defender is positioned like this, I can count on you to break this direction. Um, so it's just a lot of trust that goes into it. And, and I think too, like now that you mentioned that thinking of thinking back to all, you know, some Packers games and stuff and maybe times where they struggled that system, you know, the McCarthy system can flourish at times, but when you have a team that, you know, maybe a three, four defense that's really, really good at playing zone that may, and they also may have a few good D linemen that are just teeing off. I mean that's 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 probably that's kind of dangerous for Rodgers. Well, the what the games that they struggled against were man physical man to man corners. See, I would I would assume the opposite because no, nah, they shred zones, like a, man. Like a like a zone like a zone man. So like, like a, the that, the that, Chiefs the year that went fourteen and two against the mm-hmm. Chiefs and then they lost to the Giants. Like that was. That was a, a lot of man-to-man and uh, physical oh, wow. man-to-man corners. Like that was when they struggled. See, I would never assume that because I mean, yeah, maybe playing aggressive at the line, the the the, the DBs yep. and stuff. Yep. But like, I would assume you know a zone, um, not like a deep zone, not like a playing off six yards from the line of scrimmage right. zone, but a, a very effective, like kind of how the Seahawks played us in the Super Bowl. Uh, my rookie year, we were running a lot of man routes and a lot of option routes against zone, and Cam Chancellor was just teeing off on our receivers, and then their D line was just teeing off on Peyton because it's which you know now place. I just thought you know having Rogers in that McCarthy system where it's a make stuff happen, make it happen, where he holds the ball a little longer would be well, a struggle mainly against zones, but that's, that's good to know. That's, I just learned. Something. So then, so then the, the second thing getting back to like the original point about not mm-hmm. drafting a receiver this year, that it could mean is that a couple of years ago, you drafted a lot of young receivers. Alan Lazard kind of showed something last year. You are putting some faith in your coaching staff's ability to, and kind of what you saw from some of these receivers and the ability to, uh, you know, them to step up, to get better, to yeah. 
you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, just improve. Yes. Mm-hmm. Looking, looking for the improvement. Uh, I know that's a know, big word, RJ. I, I, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Equinemia St. Brown, you know, he was injured all last year and he was one of the stars in camp last year too. So oh, this is his third year. Um, he, he had a really bad hamstring injury at the end of camp last year. So they put him on IR. Now you get to kind of see maybe what he's doing. Wait, before. it was that bad? A hamstring injury? Usually yeah. hamstring injuries heal pretty f- – heal in enough time or fast enough to where you don't have to be placed on IR. Yeah. Like his, he, they IR'd him for the They kind season. of assumed – I think they figured his was like a 10-week injury, so oh, they just gosh. put him on IR. Yeah. Jeez. So – and then apparently he was really good in camp again. But like uh, everybody's kind of seen it from uh, – Valdez Scantling too, you know Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah, yep. he's shown flashes of being a, a good player. While well, he put on some muscle in the off season, and then he worked on his craft a little bit. And Rogers was very effusive with his praise. Like, and usually Rogers, he won't hold back if he has something to say. Like, you know, it's yes, it's very good to get praise from him, especially in training camp, because he'll let you know if he feels like you're not putting the effort in that you should be. So, um, yeah, you know, you had you have three young receivers right there that you might be able to see what you got. And then they did make the move for, oh, gosh, what the heck is his name? The only guy that they signed, and he was uh, on the Panthers, and then he was with the Colts. And why am I forgetting his name? He's out of Michigan. Oh my goodness! Uh, Packers free agent wide receiver. Uh, Devin Funches. Funches, yep, Funches. Yep, Funches, yep. <clears throat> so he yep. opted out. So you did make a move, but <clears throat> you got Jay Sternberger at the tight end, who you're hoping is now healthy for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Showed in the playoffs too, like that he he could be, you know, the the weapon at tight end that they've been looking for since they lost. Oh goodness! Now I don't know what is up with my brain this morning, but uh, oh, it's all good, man. It's all good. I mean, there was a lot of players, gosh, a lot of names, eighty-eight, a lot of sports. I see him, Michael Finley. Oh, since yeah. they lost to Michael Finley, so uh, yeah, I think I think they like the youth that they had, the nucleus. However, I still b- would have loved it if they would have drafted a wide receiver. Just yeah, they yeah. don't ha- they. You know, even Adams. Adams is so good. He's a top, honestly, like a top route three runner. wide receiver in the league. His route running is. He's a number one crisp. route runner. Risp. Easily the number one route runner in the league. Like Risp. What he does to defenders. I think right after him is Keenan Allen as well. I love the way, I love Keenan Allen's route running. Yep. Yep. Love so, <clears throat> you know, you get somebody on the other side, like a. You, yeah, they just the explosive players that they they need. Like last year, they heavily targeted Adams because there was Adams and crickets. So <laughs> the it's going to be interesting to see how they use the rookie tight end Josiah Degora to see if he's used more in the backfield or if he's tight end. Like he's more of a blocker, but you never know. Sometimes you get these guys who you draft as a blocker and they turn out to be, you know, George Kittle. So true. I'm not saying he's going to be that level. I'm not saying he's going to be that level. However, what I am saying is 
like he could be better in the open field than what we expect. So I got you. I got you. Trust, trust the scouts a little bit. Trust that process. Like mm. mm. I guess I need to take some of that advice and trust. Trust the office coordinator for the Broncos, man. I mean, I, I'm not sold on Drew Locke, although I'm glad that they put some weapons around him, though. I mean, obviously, we yes. went the opposite direction that you guys went, that being the Packers. We obviously took Jerry Judy, which very excited for, very, very excited for. I think he's going to. And I, KJ I, Hamler. Mm-hmm, and KJ Hamler, exactly. I think KJ Hamler maybe is going to be more of like a special teams, maybe punt returner, um, kick yeah. returner. Uh, maybe get in a little bit for some option routes, maybe on offense in the red zone. I could see uh, Jerry Judy though is going to be our threat, and and uh, I just hope our offensive line could give Drew Lock enough time. I I I, I just got to have some faith in in, in Drew Lock. I, I I'm nervous. I think because of no preseason. You know what I'm saying? I mean, these first couple of games may be yep, rough. Yeah, first couple of games are going to be rough. I think the first three weeks of the season, these defenses, you know, across the board are going to be just thriving just because these offenses are not going to be clicking as well. But hopefully by week four, you know, that we, we, you know, these, these teams pick it up and hopefully I'm wrong. You know, maybe we come out the gate, you know, first series. Yeah. The Packers are definitely going to be coming out the gate like that. You know, (laughs) that's what you mean when you say we, right? (laughs) No, talking about the Broncos. I am not a Packers fan, but I, but I'm, but I'm, you know, I'm going to watch the Packers game. I just – I haven't been sold on the Packers since – I mean, it's been a while. I mean, Ted Thompson, when he was there, right, when he was the uh, – what was his actual title? Well, he's he GM. was the general manager. Yeah, yeah, GM, and he was making the picks and stuff. And I was just like, what is – what? who are they picking and stuff? And it seems like that's just the same thing that's been going on. It kind of reminds me of back when I was younger – Growing up watching, you know, I was still a Broncos fan, but I obviously lived in Missouri, so a bunch of family members loved the Rams when the Rams were in St. Louis. And the Rams would do similar stuff. Come draft time, we're like, why are they picking positions that like, you just never know? You never know what they're talking about or or I don't know what they're thinking in their, in their draft rooms or war rooms or whatever. And same for the Packers. I'm like, I, I, don't, I, feel, I don't know what I feel doing. like Ted Thompson bought Ooh. into the legend of Ted Thompson. Like, right? <laughs> he was making picks, trying to show the room how smart he was, and kind of outthinking himself and getting cute a little bit. Right? Um, you know, you it just when you look at Ted Thompson's last five six drafts, that's just how it felt. Because his first like four drafts, every pick was a home run, every mm-hmm. single one. Yep. You know, the first draft you get Clay Matthews and Aaron Rodgers, like exactly that. Or no, that that wasn't that year. First draft you get Aaron Rodgers. Second draft you get Clay Matthews and BJ Raji. Like there it is. There it that's is. the that's the core that on the BJ. defense that led you to a Super Bowl. Like BJ <laughs> Raji, gosh, he was yeah. balling that year too. Oh man, he was he so was good. He's still balling. he still had years left when he retired. That's what stopped about him leaving when he did. He did because he Kenny Clark, balling. man, Kenny Clark is absolutely underrated. Absolutely underrated. He's he's a monster in the middle. When he's not in there, that's when you see, you know, the 49ers rack up the rushing yards that they did. But right. Yeah, that it's gonna be interesting to see 
how the Packers look on defense as well as offense. You know, the second year in the floor system, see how Rodgers can adjust even more. I don't understand how you can watch Rodgers make some of the throws he makes still and say, well, he lost something. It's like, come on now. No, he's just not on the exact same page as um, everybody else, which is fine in a new system. Like, man. One of the best. Some of these people just dogging him. I just. I don't get it either. I I mean, I I don't even, you know, I'm not even a Packers fan, and some Packers fans get on my nerves. Um, But I will admit one of the best throws I've seen is from Rodgers. And I think, I can't remember who they were playing, but scrambling in the pocket, um, which obviously doesn't narrow it down, but scrambling in the pocket. And he's getting tackled, and then and it's like right before Chiefs, like as he's going down, he makes the throw to the end zone. That was the Chiefs' freaking touchdown. Which again, that explanation doesn't narrow it down. This dude has done that a million times, but it's just like, gosh, so it was against the Chiefs. Yep. Gosh, that was so impressive. I was like, that that is just pure talent. That's not. That's not training. That's not something you learn. That is just pure raw talent <laughs> right there. Because any other quarterback, obviously, you just take the sack, take the loss right there and, you know, kick it for three or whatever. But very impressive. So, you know, you guys got a lot of work to do. Our Broncos, I feel like Elway's in the hot seat. If if, if Drew Locke doesn't perform, I feel like he's in the, he's in the hot seat because he, his choice on quarterbacks, if this one doesn't go well, you know, obviously, since since Peyton left, uh, has been poor. So we'll see. Well, man. let's let's be honest. Even before, if it wasn't for Peyton, true. I mean, <laughs> he probably you kind of lucked already. into that one, right? <laughs> it's I just mean, like Aaron Rodgers and Ted Thompson. Like Ted Thompson mm-hmm. didn't do anything special to get Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers kind of fell in your lap. So true. I mean, I think what before Peyton it was Tebow, then Peyton, then but at the same time with Peyton it was Brock Osweiler, and then when Peyton left it was Brock Osweiler. I think for a little bit maybe uh, then Paxton no. Lynch because Brock yeah oh yeah Brock left to the Texans. Yep. So I think it was Paxton Lynch, and then uh, I'm missing one before Drew Locke which I can't remember, but, I mean, he's Flacco. maybe in the last week. Ah, there it is. Yep, Flacco for, for a season, I think it was. So. Uh, it was only a couple games and then his neck injury. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. See, I, I'm, I'm struggling. That's why, to, that's why you can't remember. Yeah, struggling to get this timeline together just because that, that, that position has been <laughs> – that's been a lot of turnover in the quarterback position at, at, at Denver. Um, so – that's why I think I'm a little nervous, but we'll see. We'll see. First game of the season, we got. Um, I did my pick too. We got the Titans. Oh, that's gonna be tough. Monday night game. You guys got the Vikings, so I picked you guys to beat the Vikings. You guys played nine thirteen at twelve p.m. I, I picked you guys. I may lose that one. You guys got to go to Minnesota, but I, th- I think Rogers has a lot to prove. Uh, wait, let me rephrase this. He doesn't have a lot to prove, but I feel like he's pissed off. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I think he does, to a certain sect, has a little bit to prove that what he's got left. And I think he feels feels that way 
for honestly the whole league. Like, you know, everybody's talking about Tampa Bay, um, you know, Seattle, San Francisco, like nobody's talking about Green Bay. And then they're talking about the Vikings and what the Lions have done and the Bears. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what It'll they be interesting. It will be interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, stuff you're looking forward to it. So at least we got some sports coming up. At least we have some things to look forward to. Um, find some silver linings through, you know, you know, take some silver linings from this year. Been a brutal year, of course. Uh, but we got football, man. So I'm excited for it starting next week or this this week. Yep. Yeah. So that's that, man. Well. Is, is it time for our new segment? <laughs> yes, indeed it is. That you can tell I'm very excited about, and everybody can tell that you're very down, don't want to do. Yes, indeed I am. So, All right. Uh, I guess really- it's time for Monte's Conspiracy Corner. <laughs> yes, round of applause. Round of applause. So new segment we're going to start doing. Um and you got to have your own segment too, RJ. But my own segment is going to be Monte's Conspiracy Corner. I love conspiracies. I'm a conspiracist, if that's even a word. I think I said it right, but I love conspiracies. I, mean, I believe it's conspiracy theorist, but there it is. You, there go, it is. you go ahead with your bad self. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we had a good conversation yesterday just talking about, um, you know, obviously Einstein's theory that time is relative, you know, the relativity of time. So the conversation came about because we were just talking, you know, we were sitting outside, we just ate our food. It was nice weather. Uh, my father and I love to talk about space, love to c- talk about conspiracy theories, et cetera. So we kind of got on the topic of aliens, all this stuff, talking about maybe the Egyptians were actually the aliens that came to this planet. So all the hieroglyphics that we see we see them as maybe the Egyptians were seeing aliens, but maybe the Egyptians were just documenting how they got here. You know, just a, just a theory that I don't think anyone's ever talked about. But so then we start talking about time travel and I started talking about Andromeda galaxy. You know, we can see it with our naked We start talking about space travel. Yep. And so I got on the topic of, you know, the light that we're seeing, in order for us to obviously see the galaxy, obviously the light has reached Earth. Well, that light has taken 220-something million light years to get here. So Andromeda may not even be there right now. It's just the light has taken this long to get to us. So my theory was, when we're talking about space travel, traveling at the speed of light. Like right now, if I were to travel at the speed of light from Earth, if I were to go to Pluto at the speed of light and then come like and then come back. I would have aged probably a couple days or so or maybe a week, but everybody on this planet would probably be about 40 years old, older than where they are now, just by me traveling at the speed of light and coming back. So my theory is because everyone says that, you know, around the table we're saying that aliens are already here, they may have already been here. My theory was, okay, where would we be in time? if the aliens are traveling at the speed of light to our planet, you know what I'm saying? Like, where is that? Is that a possibility? Like, is it even a possibility to make it here by the speed of light? Like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. 
She's yeah, I mean, that's out. true. That's why we have conspiracy theories because it's just a bunch of crackpots that don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Here we are talking this about it. Monte's conspiracy quarter. So I guess my question is if an entity is capable of traveling at the speed of light, interstellar travel to Earth, where would we as in humans here on Earth be at in time? Did they do that in our past? Or or has it happened in our future already? But we're, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like, think that you're asking two separate questions, but you're I combining it as one. So, in order for in order to have interstellar travel, you can't be traveling at the speed of light because it's it's not it's not feasible, fast right? Yes, it's it's too inefficient. Yeah, which is crazy to think about. That's just how vast space is. The speed of light is still too slow. So you have to you have to find a way to propel yourself, or at least. Um, you have traverse, to traverse traverse space in mm. a, a manner that's more efficient than light, which we don't know yet because we're so um, young, I guess, in our trying to learn. We're not right in our evolution advanced right. enough to even be thinking about things along these lines. So, um, yeah. See that's 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 a, that's a good point. If so you're going to master interstellar travel, like, mm-hmm. why are you traveling? You know, interstellarly, I guess would be the just space the, travel. The reason. So, are you are Thank you, you just exploring, <laughs> seeing what's out there? Are you looking for more resources because you've exhausted your own? Mm. Like, what would be the reason that would cause um, something? To leave their home planet and explore the planets. I mean, it could be curiosity. I mean, as humans, we're infinitely curious. I think it has to be resources, though. If you just think about living beings, I would, I would agree with they that. They travel, destroy, conquer for resources. It would Not- have, <laughs> you something in their evolution or. Uh, how they're living would have had to ha- have happened that would cause them to try to find interstellar, being able to travel among the stars to go live somewhere else. Like right now, we are uh, causing the Earth to change its climate. So now we're thinking about maybe trying to settle on the moon and Mars. Like, you know, we... We are the cause of that. So now we're going to try to go somewhere else for more resources, for more room to kind of spread out because that's kind of where we're, what we're getting to. So what we need to do is, like you said, traveling at the speed of light is not fast enough. So in order to get from point A to point B, that being interstellar travel, not just going from Earth to Mars, um, interstellar travel you got to be able to tear through the fabric of space and time something with that great of a gravitational pull meaning and it's on the movie interstellar you know take a piece of paper and you know put a point on the left side of the piece of paper put a point on the right side of the piece of paper hold it landscape 
and traveling there in a straight line is going to take you forever. But obviously, if you fold it, then you'll be able to travel from point A to point B a lot faster, a lot more efficiently. But in order to do that, you need some gravitational pull so great that it technically pulls that object that you're trying to travel to closer to you. It pulls it to you and then it like it unfolds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I as you can tell, in, Ma- in Monte's conspiracy corner, I, I can get a little crazy and get a little, it can get a little confusing, but. You know. Well, one of the, one of the <laughs> things that we talked about yesterday that we're confined by is confirmation bias. So because we have these theories that we've proven to be factual, um, we aren't thinking necessarily past those theories or we aren't thinking of what causes right. these theories to happen. We're just proving them true. So we're kind of just basically confirming that they're true and then stopping. And then stopping um, right there. <laughs> not, that's not necessarily completely true i'm sure there's people that are thinking outside the box but um the yeah. confirmation bias just kind of comes back to everything that we live about right now right like mm-hmm. we're not thinking problems necessarily through we're not thinking about problems uh or like our experiences day to day we're not thinking about it in terms of okay in what i what I'm perceiving is that the reality of the situation is that how it really happened or seeing it from other people's perspectives, trying to see uh, how people might've perceived it themselves. Like that's how that happened. Is that more in line with what happened and what I am perceiving to be true? Or am, am I just trying to confirm that this is true so that uh, I can be proven right? Like, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's our politics right now. So true. nobody's thinking about the problems that are happening. People are just trying to confirm their own beliefs instead of, mm. instead of trying to um, come up with ideas that are outside the box and try to see answers to problems. Like everybody's just confirming, well, this is true. So therefore my point, whether, you know, that's, that's an outlier or whether, you know, it's more common um, because there's one thing that confirms my belief. That means that it's always true. <laughs> and sometimes that's the exact opposite that that right. one thing that happened just goes to show how it doesn't happen like that really ever. So indeed, indeed. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but oh no, it does. Does so. That's what space travel right now too. Like you know, we're confirming all of this stuff, but are we really confirming the theory? Are we really confirming one small part of the theory that actually is something uh, even more leads to something greater? Mm. So yeah, I think it's the yeah the first part of that where it's. Possibly just confirming one part of it. I mean, obviously, there's so much more that goes into astrophysics and trigonometry and all that jazz. That I believe it's calculus, not necessarily trigonometry. But oh yeah, that's you what go on with your bad self. Cal- calculus. I only I only made it to algebra two, so and I was like, oh, I'm good on this. <laughs> Some calculus, but but yeah, that that's kind of my topic here in Monte's uh, conspiracy corner. Next next week, I'm talking about black holes. Black black holes and where do they lead you to? Um, so please get out of my corner. I'm done. 
<laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait. <laughs> I am done. But awesome, man. I mean, I think this was a good cast. Uh, awesome, awesome, good cast. Um, RJ, where can they find you at, man? I'm at Tricks. It's Trickster on Twitter. Uh, the I is a one in Trickster, I-T-Z. Where can they find you, Mons? Nice, nice. You guys can find me Instagram, Monte Ball, uh, Twitter, Monte Ball 28, and obviously our untapped keg pages as well. Please send us a message. Uh, please like us on um, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Leave, leave that five-star review. review. Yes, yes, indeed. And and lastly, what I want to end it with is, again, um, if you guys are struggling or maybe going through a tough patch in your life or what have you, um, I'm not saying that this is the only route where you can seek help uh, or receive help, uh, but I just kind of wanted to leave it with that. Again, what I talked about at the beginning, NAMI, N-A-M-I, um, is a good uh, site to go on. They provide you with awesome resources virtually, of course. And uh, just check it out. Check it out. And here at Untapped Cake, we really care about you guys. Yeah, and let's try to be better tomorrow than we are today. Because at least if we fail, we're trying. So Indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. We love you guys. Have a good week. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.